relationships in Ephesians 5. And and in verse 33, he says this. So again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. If you have a pen and you don't mind writing in your Bible, circle that, underline that word, must. That's a command. You must respect your husband. You must honor your husband. You must be your husband's biggest fan. Men need respect more than they need love because love is never enough. Do you know that there's nowhere in scripture that you'll find a command for a wife to love her husband? God never says through scripture that you must love your husband. And that's understood in the way that we interface with each other. It it, it happens. But again and again and again throughout scripture, there's this clarion call that wives, you must respect your husband. You must honor your husband. Colossians 3.18 says it. 1 Peter 3.1 says it. Titus 2, 4 and 5 says it. Write those down. Colossians 3.18, 1 Peter 3.1, Titus 2, 4 and 5. Husbands, wives, there's your devotion for tonight before you go to bed. Look at those verses and see this command from God. It's like God is saying, ladies, this is something you don't know about men, but you need to know it. It's God is pleading with you again and again in scripture. Don't miss this. I made your man this way to want your respect. And when you disrespect them, God's saying you disrespect me. The man in your life needs to know that you respect him. He needs to know that you believe in him. He needs to know that you respect how hard he works. He needs to know that you respect his opinion. And Shanti, in her book, says that there's a barometer that you can, you can gauge the respect factor that's happening in your relationship with your spouse. To know if you've crossed that line of disrespect, that barometer is anger. If there's anger coming from your husband. That's an easy way for you to realize that You've probably disrespected him, and he can't formalize the words to tell you that. She quotes a doctor in her book, Dr. Emerson Egricks, and he writes this. In a relationship conflict, crying is often the response of a woman feeling unloved, but anger is often a response to feeling disrespected. If a man can't articulate in the heat of the moment, he won't necessarily blurt out something like, you're disrespecting me. But rest assured, if he's angry at something you've said or angry at something you've done and you don't understand the the cause, there's a good chance that the feeling is out of a pain of disrespect. More than 80% of men, 80%, that's four out of five, say that in a conflict, they are likely to be feeling disrespected rather than unloved. Guys' minds don't work that sharp, ladies. They know that you love them. I know my wife loves me. What I'm dying to hear is respect. What my heart is churning for is respect. Women, just like you want the man in your life to love you unconditionally, even when you're not lovable, even when you're not close to lovable, your man needs you to demonstrate your respect for him regardless of whether he is meeting your expectations. Peter carries this through in in, in 1 Peter, in his letter, in chapter 3. It's put up on the screen for you. It says this. In the same way, your wives must respect your husbands. Even those who refuse to accept the good news, that is the way that the holy women of old made themselves beautiful. They trusted God and they accepted the authority of their husbands. Do you want to know how to make yourself more beautiful in the eyes of your man? Ladies, listen close. 
Respect him. Give him honor. Believe in him. Be his strongest supporter. Because there's people around him every day at work, on the softball team, his buddies that he plays fantasy football with who don't believe in him. He needs you to stand by his side. So this morning, let's talk real quick about how to respect your man, ladies. How to respect him. We've talked about that men need respect more than love, but how does this happen? How do you show that respect? Shanti continues in her book and she says this, women often tend to want to control things, which unfortunately men tend to interpret as disrespect and distrust. Marriage is about putting the other person's needs above your own. As I look at, at Ephesians 5, I, I call this the downward spiral of marriage. And that sounds, that sounds really terrible. Like, oh, my marriage is in a downward spiral. But when we're doing it scripturally, when we're doing it God's way, it's a good thing. Every day I want to outserve my wife. I want to put myself below her. And her response to that is, oh, he's not going to do that. And she starts to outserve me. And then I'm like, wait, no, she can't be below me. I'm going to outserve her. I'm not going to let her brush the, the, the kid's teeth every night because her finger's going to get bit off eventually. I'm going to do it. She's like, no, 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 I'll do it. We'll all bathe them. We'll all read the books. We'll all sing the songs. I'll take out the trash. No, no, I'll take the trash out. We're out serving each other. It's a downward spiral. That's what Paul is looking towards, that we are putting our needs underneath that person, that our wants are underneath that person. There's four primary ways that, that you can show this to your husbands. Four primary ways that you can begin to respect him in a way that you're putting yourself beneath him. And as you begin to do that, I promise you, you're going to find men that are going to put themselves beneath you and all the way down. Need, um, these needs show that, that ways that you guys can respond to this and show this respect. So let me give you four, four real quick needs and then, then I'll shut up and be done. All right. Need number one is this. Respect his abilities. Need one. Respect his abilities. Have you ever wondered why men, why your husbands don't like to stop and ask for directions when they're lost? This happened to my wife and I just the other night. Just, just on Thursday night, we were in Murfreesboro. It's where her family lives. We don't know our, our way around Murfreesboro very much. Um, Becky didn't grow up there. Her father's in ministry. He hasn't been there very long. And we were going to see one of our students from, from First Baptist was singing a little concert in Murfreesboro. And we said, let's go over and watch. And we're driving around the MTSU campus. And, um, and I'm like, I think it's this way. I'm pretty sure it's this way. And, and, and I'm like, man, I think we missed it. I think we passed it. And Becky says, well, why don't we just turn around? And I go, well, let me go on just a little bit further. You ever wonder? I mean, I know in her mind she's like, just turn around if you think you passed it. Just turn around. I'm like, no, no, I, I think, let me just keep it, keep it going just a little bit longer. Have you ever wondered why men would, would want, rather put something together than actually look at the directions? The reason is that men have this innate ability to figure things out for themselves. This, this thing that clicks in us, I will put it together. It's finding their way back to the interstate or connecting the, the Blu-ray DVD or setting up the, the HD television. We want to figure it out on our own. I don't look at directions when I get new software. I just put it in and hit enter. And then eventually my computer starts to freeze up. I'm like, what did I do wrong? And the instructions are nowhere to be seen. This is what men do. We want to figure it out on our own. So realizing this, ladies, put yourselves into the shoes of, of your husband. Put, the shoe, put yourself into the shoes of your man. Your foot is now on the gas pedal of the car and, and you're, you're driving around and then you hear us say, honey, can't we just please stop and ask for directions? 
Now, again, this isn't you because you'd be like, yes, if it was you. But put yourself into the shoes of your husband here, okay? What you're hearing is that I don't believe that you can find your way. I don't trust your natural sense of direction. I don't believe that, that you can do this. Realize that to your husband, finding their way back to the interstate is like ascending Mount Everest, all right? Putting something together is like figuring out a cure for the Ebola virus to us, all right? And you're looking at it, you're like, it's just a cell phone, you know, putting the numbers in your cell phone. To us, it's a huge deal. And so when you hear us say to you, can't we just ask for directions or can't you just look at the directions? It's disrespect. It's distrust. You don't believe in our abilities. Some men interviewed by Shanti said this, just let me do it, they cried. I'm not an idiot. If I didn't think I could find my way back, I wouldn't be trying. Another man that she interviewed said this, you're right. I might not have an idea where I'm going at all, but it's fun and it's challenging to try and find my own way. Because a man thinks like this, if she doesn't trust me in the small things, how will she ever trust me in the big things? Like finances, like raising children. If she can't trust me in finding my way back to the interstate, how can she trust me in those things? Ladies, you must make the decision to trust him, to trust his abilities. The second way that you can begin to show this respect and manifest this respect in your relationship is through need to, which is respect in communications. Ladies, respect in communications. You hold an incredible power, ladies, an incredible power, because you can, through your words, build your man up, build your husband up, build your son up, build your boyfriend up, and you can tear them down just as easily with those words. My mom is the best. Oh, I love to hear when my mom says great things about me. I love to hear when she's proud of me. But it's just one quick phone call from my mom and I just hear these words of disrespect towards me, towards her son. And now that I'm, I'm 31 and I have a family of my own and car payments and mortgages and all those things, I just go, I'm not talking to you anymore. Click. And then eventually I'll text her, be like, I love you. Please know that. But through your words, you have this powerful ability to raise us up and to tear us down. Men wish that their mate would not question their knowledge, would not argue with their decision all of the time. Some of the time, maybe, but please, 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 not all of the time. Sometimes when your kid asks a question, even if you know the answer, send them on to him. Let them ask him so he can show that he knows these things too and that he's figuring these things out that he wants to be a knowledgeable parent in your home for me this is a big one for me don't ask your brother-in-law don't ask your neighbor how to do something before you've asked your husband if he knows how to do it man that just that lights me up it's like i haven't even had a shot at it i didn't even get a chance to work on it myself and all of a sudden we're like well let's go ask them and i'm like wait let, let me let me do it maybe it's because i've broken too many things i don't know Shanti writes this, some men felt like their opinions and their decisions were actively valued in every area of their life, every area of their life except the home. I was thinking about this, especially in the community that we live in. Many of you men in this room, you're military guys. And you're around men and women every day that when you say jump, they say how high. When you say run, they say how far. And then when you come home sometimes, you 
you don't get that. While a man's co-workers rarely tell him, Shanti says, of what to do, they normally collaborate with him in the dis- or, or ask for the decision to say, sometimes wives make the mistake of ordering her husband around like one of the kids. Another way you can disrespect him is not only what you say, but how you say it. Look what Solomon says in Proverbs 27, 15. I'll put it up on the screen. A nagging wife is as annoying as the constant dripping on a rainy day. Becky and I, our first home was an absolute pit. It was the married student housing at Carson Newman College where we went to, to, to college is where we met and we were married in our senior year. And we moved into married student housing and we realized that everybody needs to live in a crappy house at least once. At least once, so you can always at least go, look how far God has brought us. I mean, our, our little home over in Sango is like, a, it's like an estate, you know. It's like, I'm home. Carry my bags because of where we came from eight years ago. And right over our bed, this is a true story, right over our bed was a tiny pinhole crack. And when it rains, and it rains a lot in East Tennessee in the winter, rain water would start dripping down onto our bed and this is so sitcom it actually would drip directly on my head the first night it happened becky was away somewhere i don't remember where she was but it was just me and i woke up and i was like is somebody taping this you know i feel like there's gonna be like a little freeze ending at the end i'll be like oh shoot you know and it's gonna be executive producer you know so family ties and silver spoons and this this water was dripping directly on my head let me tell you, ladies, that, that the dripping that you hear sometimes from the sink, it doesn't sound good and it doesn't feel good. That dripping on my bed, it didn't sound good, but it was even worse when it was hitting me right in the face. Sometimes when you're questioning and questioning and questioning, or as, as Solomon, and again, I'm so glad Solomon, the wisest man in history, said it's annoying because we can say it too now. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't sound good. It doesn't feel good because it is a question of respect to us. Shanti writes that one third of men take a simple reminder from their wife as an accusation of laziness or mistrust. The majority of men simply didn't place as high a priority on the task as their wife did. And they would just simply say, I'll get to it eventually. Becky drops loads of laundry in front of me and she leaves and it's a test. Will I fold it? Or will I not fold it? Just drops and she walks out. She doesn't say a word. Thunk. Oh, so wonder what that is. So let me just say, speaking to myself here, guys, listen to your wives. Remember, in order for your marriage to work, you've got to put yourself beneath them as you hope that they do the same for you. You have to consider your spouse's needs above your own. Remember, guys, we're going to talk to you next week. Paul, he gets on you as well in Ephesians. So when she gives you something that's not high on your priority list, start to think maybe it's high on her priority list. Maybe she wants those clothes folded so they can be put into the kids' rooms so they're ready for school the next day so she can go on to bed. Start to think her needs above our own. A third way, a third way that we can show respect and you can show respect to the man in your life is this. Need three is respect his ability not to read minds. Respect his ability not to read minds. Many men know a lot of things. Fixing cars, building a deck. They're awesome at fantasy football. But you know what a mystery is to us ladies? It's you. Sure, we can figure out an ERA and a batting average and a slugging percentage for our favorite baseball player, but we have a really hard time figuring you out. 
We're going to show you a clip from, from Everybody Loves Raymond. And here Ray and his wife, Deborah, they're talking about their sex life. And there's something missing for her, but she doesn't want to tell him. And Ray, as you'll see in just a second, he has no clue. So let's watch it together and then see how it can work in our lives. Just tell me what you want. What do you want? I want... What? See, this is what I'm talking about. Why should I have to tell you what I want? So I will know. <laughs> but do you know how depressing that is that after 12 years you don't know? Why do I have to say it out loud? Why haven't you been paying attention? What do you mean, paying attention? Well, I mean, you only seem to pick up the signals that affect you. Like, you know what I'm tired means because it means no fun for Raymond. But if I give you the go signal, then you just stop paying attention. I could shoot off a flare in here, you wouldn't even notice. Sorry. I didn't know that. Can I ask you something? Sure. After 12 years, I should know you, right? That's all I'm saying. After 12 years, shouldn't you know me? I mean, you could have realized that I wasn't getting your signals after year three. <laughs> I mean, you had to know that you were married to a guy who occasionally might miss a thing or two, and, and maybe you might have to speak up. I don't want to speak up. Why not? It's embarrassing. Not as embarrassing as finding out you've been doing it wrong for 12 years. <laughs> yeah, I... You're right. I'm sorry. Okay, I'll try to speak up more. <laughs> okay, good. That's good. So you want to start speaking up? <laughs> this is clearly, definitely, I promise you, art imitating life. We want you to speak up, ladies. We totally want you to speak up. You know, we see here, uh, ladies, you know, feeling this way. And she says, why do I have to tell you? And Ray says, so I can know. So we can know. Ladies, we know that there is a lot more going on underneath the surface with you, way more than we can realize. And we can read some of the signs, and, and here's the thing. If you want us to know what you're feeling, then just tell us. Share with us. We'll figure it out some of the times. And I promise you, the more that you begin to do it, the easier it'll begin for us to start to do it. You won't have to say it as much. We're, we're ready. We're ready. I am ready to celebrate the complexities and how elaborate my wife is. What a glorious creation she is. I'm ready to do that right now, today. I love my wife. But sometimes I don't know all about her, and I need her to share those things with me. So respect that sometimes we can't read your mind. Most of the times we can't. Last, uh, the last need is this. Oh, no, the third need, I'm sorry, is respect him in public. Respect him in public. Proverbs 14.1 says this, A wise woman builds her house. A foolish woman tears her house down with her own hands. Ladies, are you building up your husband or are you tearing him down? Everywhere you turn in the media, men are being publicly disrespected. Wives, don't tear him down in front of others. He might have the biggest screw-up. Wait until the car Wait until the house. Wait until the kitchen. 
Wait until it's just you two so you can say, this is what you did and this is why I need you to know why it's wrong or why it hurt or where my feelings are. But don't do it in public. Shanti in her book writes this, dozens of men told me how painful it is when their wives criticize them in public, when they put them down or even question their judgment in front of others. One married man put it bluntly, the male ego is the most incredible thing on the planet. Women have thought that he's got such a huge ego and I need to take him down a peg. He says, no way. The male ego is incredibly fragile. Shanti continues, we women often think that as male, that as this is as male pride, but it isn't. What's at stake here isn't his pride as much as his secret feelings of inadequacy as a man. Men feel woefully inadequate and we hide a deep feeling of uncertainty. Ladies, we need you to believe in us. We need you to trust us. If there's ever a place to do it, do it in the public realm. So here's the, uh, the big idea for us today. It's this. If a wife believes in him, he can conquer the world, or at least his little corner of it. All right, let's, let's say this together, all right? Ready? If a man's wife believes in him, say it after me. If a man's wife believes in him, come on, ladies. <laughs> you can be in the car today. I believe in you. I trust and respect everything you do. This isn't, this isn't going to the counter at McDonald's, ladies. If a man's wife believes in him, conviction, I like that. He can conquer the world. Or at least his little part of it. <laughs> or his little corner of it. Chris, Chris has a challenge that, that he's going to lay out, and, uh, and he asked me to, to do it for you today. And he's gonna, every week he's going to lay out a challenge throughout the series, a little bit of homework for you all to do with one another. All right? A little bit of homework. Not, not bad algebra, calculus homework. You know, good homework. One another homework. All right? Um, ladies. Go home, write down how proud you are of your man, how proud you are of him. Write down the things that, 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 that he does that make you so proud, the things that he does that are, are so special. Write down how you believe in him this week, all right? Now, men, you're not off the hook here, okay? We might talk to the ladies, but now it's to you. You do the same thing. You do the same thing. Write down how proud you are of your wife. And I want you to do this, guys. I want you to add in to your place. Add in the things that we've talked about today that your wife doesn't need to work on. Because some of you have a wife that, that will always, always support you in public. She'll never disrespect you through communication. And just say, by the way, you didn't need to listen to point two today. By the way, you've got that point down. Write down. And then what you're going to do is you're going to read it to one another. All right? You can do it tonight in your devotion together. You can do it tomorrow. You can do it in the middle of the week. But that is your homework. Write down, write down those things that make you proud of your spouse, the things that you're going to do. Let me just say this. As we talk about relationships over the next month, the greatest way that we can understand how to have a beautiful, caring, intimate relationship is to have that first with Jesus Christ. Don't walk out of this theater today. Don't walk out of this building today. Do not leave one church today. If you haven't spoken with, with Chris or, or Josh, I'll be here all morning. I'd be happy to talk with you about what it means to have a relationship with Jesus Christ first, how he can become the man of your life.
how he can become the savior of your life. Let me pray for you and then Josh is going to lead us in worship. God, thank you so much that you don't just call us in a relationship with you, you call us in a relationship with people around us. I pray, Father, for the marriages in this room, for the homes in this room. I pray for the the engagements in this room. I pray for the boyfriend-girlfriend relationships in this room that we might start to learn how to truly love and honor you through the way that we're loving and honoring the man or woman in our life. God, let our words to one another start to be true and valuable and uplifting and encouraging. Start to guard our hearts from saying those negative, heartbreaking things, God. Challenge us to grow, to love, to serve, to respect. Above all, show us that that love is never enough when it comes to our spouse. Help us grow. For the glory of your name, amen.